0: Thank mm-hmm. you. Welcome to episode 12 of the small truck campers podcast. I'm your host Spencer Hayes We got a lot of exciting stuff to cover in this episode. I'm super stoked So why don't you grab your favorite campfire beverage and let's hit the road? All right episode 12 Wow Super stoked to be here. This is awesome Really happy with how the podcast has been turning out and I've been getting some good feedback And it's constantly evolving constantly trying to make it better whether that's guests or topics. And the more I think about it, the more I just think like the sky's the limit with this thing. And I'm, I'm so happy you're joining me and helping to make this a success. It's, it's really great to see people tuning in to get some feedback, to get some comments. Just, um, you know, I hope it's enjoyable for you. I hope you're listening to it on your way to work or you can enjoy it on your way to a camper, uh, a camping trip or around the house, whatever it may be. And I'm hoping just to put out some good information that will help you make informed decisions whether you want to buy or sell your camper you want to learn more about other manufacturers or some tips and tricks Uh, we got some really good stuff cooking for this podcast for the future for now and I just hope you're enjoying it so thanks for tuning in thanks for being a part of it and thanks for uh, keeping it going for joining me and uh, this episode I'm super stoked we have an amazing guest on the show here shortly uh, someone that I've been following for a while. I'm sure you have too, and his build just kind of blew my mind. and i'm I'm excited and curious just to see you know how it all started, where he's going, um, his his steps, uh, making this this rig, and, like I said, future uh, endeavors. So we'll have Micah from Overland under Budget here on the show here in a second. And I'm really looking forward to this conversation. I hope you are too. But until then, a uh, couple housekeeping things just want to say if you're not already subscribed to the new subscribe to the newsletter uh, it's a great little newsletter that I send out once a week and it's gonna have some industry insights first dibs on new merch uh, at a maybe a discounted rate maybe not uh, it'll have events that are happening and just serve as kind of another medium for, for me to for us to communicate and to get some more information out there to you guys um, and I hope it'll be beneficial whether you're looking to buy or sell a camper Or you want some industry insight you want to know what's going on and uh, what other companies are doing so yeah it's a work in progress like everything here but uh, we're teaming up with some other manufacturers and kind of serving hopefully serving as like the loudspeaker to echo other companies um, plans or announcements or endeavors and we hope to kind of share that information with you guys in a more kind of personal way than just a broad post on the Instagram or, or what have you. So if you're not already subscribed to the podcast, it's super easy. All you got to do is go to our website, www.smalltruckcampers.com. I'm sorry, our website, www.smalltruckcampers.loma.tech. Uh, scroll to the bottom and you'll see a little form where you can submit your email address and you'll be added to the email list. It's that easy. Uh, we had our giveaway winner announced via that and uh, we're looking to do more giveaways as we got some new merch lined up for their, For the new year and the rest of this year so be sure to uh, check out that newsletter and i don't know i hope it'll be entertaining for you maybe it'll kill some time at work who knows but so far i've gotten some good feedback from that and it's it's also cool to see so yeah just thinking with all all these things you know the community community that we've built out has just been super great and super thankful that you guys are all following along and participating in that and uh yeah i got some good ideas for some podcasts coming up got some uh, good feedback about previous episodes and how we can kind of improve moving forward. So yeah, one more way to hopefully continue building out the community, can continue to inspire others, and continue just to uh, keep this thing going. So it's great. And yeah, we're recording this episode live from the Six Pack Recording Studio and Community Development Center. It's a beautiful afternoon. And uh, I don't have a whole lot of more information to pass about instagram or or newsletter or anything uh, i kind of just want to get right into this interview so i have a lot of questions for micah from overland under budget and i hope i hope we get to answer some questions that you may have and just kind of explore a little bit more about his background his rig building experience and the next steps so without any further ado please welcome my guest for episode 12 of the small truck Campers podcast micah from overland under budget and and then uh, okay kind of we'll kind of dive into it right now so Right now we got Micah on the line. Um, Micah's calling in from, a, a ta- I can never say it, a Atascadero, ta- just uh, inland of San Luis Obispo in yeah. the mountains there, north, and um, you might know him more better as Overland Under Budget uh, according to his Instagram handle. So Micah, thanks so much for making the time and welcome to uh, the Small Truck Camper Show.
1: Thank you. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Stoked to be here and excited to sit down and chat.
0: Yeah, me too. I'm super pumped for this conversation a lot of people i'm sure have been following you they're, they're familiar with your famous build and we're going to dive into <laughs> that and how it all came to be um Fair. but yeah until then i think we just want to learn a little bit about yourself so currently you're in san luis obispo and uh just kind of le- want to learn about your upbringing did you guys get into camping growing up where'd you grow up and kind of your history about moving around the west coast that we kind of just skimmed over
1: yeah totally so yeah i'm 35 um I grew up up and down the West Coast, really. So I was born in L.A. and ended up kind of splitting our time between Central Coast, California, and a farm in Oregon, and then down into Portland, Oregon, like metro area, and then eventually to Washington, uh, like Vancouver, Washington. And then we just kind of, through my childhood, moved a bunch around in those local areas. So up and down uh, the West Coast has been kind of like a part of our part of our like family history just moving back and forth and back and forth but the last um 13 years I've been after I got married so I've been married for 13 years I got married up in in Washington and soon after we got married we moved back down to California and we actually moved from Washington to Santa Barbara lived there for a few years then Carpinteria then Santa Monica then Calabasas and then Los Osos California now we're in Atascadero. So yeah, just kind of like moved a bunch growing up and then moved a bunch after as an adult myself with my fam, my own family. And um, yeah, that's kind of my, that's kind of my history as far as like moving and, and upbringing. We, big family, five kids, really close knit. We were all homeschooled, um, partly because we were moving all the time, partly just because my parents were really um wanted to prioritize like spending time with us and um a part of that childhood was building legos like all the time i don't know how it came about but i think someone had given my dad some legos and um and we found them when we were like probably five or six and then it just became like an addiction that was like our main toy as a kid was legos we had tons of legos lots of like uh lego technic so gears and wheels and axles and stuff and so that was like our main toy, like our whole childhood. I still play with them all the whole time, and my when I have time and my kids, my kids are huge Lego fans, and we have like huge buckets of Legos. like huge buckets of Lego. So that's kind of where like the building originated. I think was just physically building like Lego cars. So we were literally building like little four wheel drive cars or tractors. At, at one point, we lived on a farm, so there was a lot of like farm vehicles and just all types of vehicles. And, um, and that's kind of where like the automotive mechanical part of the building came in, I think is just being around vehicles all the time and naturally kind of having a interest in those things. And my, my dad, um, was also <clears throat> like mechanically kind of mechanically inclined and also into vehicles. So he grew up around motorcycles and cars. And so all those things together kind of formed like the, the, desire to like, want to do projects and build stuff and kind of be in the automotive space. Like when I was a kid, my dream job was to be like an automotive engineer, uh, is what I thought, like, Oh, I want to do that. Like design and engineering and like building. I didn't realize that's not really a, a job at a, at a car manufacturer with all those things, but it's kind of crazy how it's worked out to be kind of like that now.
0: Well, that's awesome. I, I have this theory that, um, Cause I played with Legos a ton too, growing up. And I have a theory that the people that like small truck campers, the reason we do is because it fits together so well in the bed of a truck, you know, like, especially yeah. <laughs> if it fits flush and it just fits perfectly. I feel like there's such a connection there to maybe all of us growing up building out Legos and just the way we want things to fit together now. And we want things flush and compartmentalized and yeah, um, you kind of reinforce that. So thank you for bringing that up. Yeah. It's so funny. <laughs> That's funny.
1: I feel like too. You had mentioned too off the podcast that you worked for like a company that um, does a lot of branding and does a lot of like aesthetic design and marketing and stuff. And the other part of my upbringing was I was a photographer for before I did any of the social media stuff. And um, there's actually a few of, of my siblings are as well. And I think just having that like, even if it's not a good eye, but having like an eye, like an eye for art and I for photography just you have like a strong opinion basically like aesthetically and visually you can look at something uh, i bet that's part of it too because i feel like i just have super strong design opinions and like oh it's got to be like this got to be like that not that they're great but like that also goes into play i think with with the diy building part the design aspect like wanting to control that
0: yeah i agree and what comes to mind is uh, like basil lynch and his his endeavors uh as being a photographer first and foremost and mm-hmm. like you said capturing those aesthetics and just wanting it to fit a certain way and having that is such an advantage especially in the age of Instagram and stuff where it, you know it's all about visual expression so I wish I had more of a photo background um but I'm sure have, that's such an advantage especially bringing in the videos and, and all that stuff so I think that definitely is something that a lot of people can relate to
1: it's funny. I was just sleeping in Basil's uh, parking lot, not last night, but the night before.
0: <laughs> oh, down in San Diego?
1: <laughs> yeah. Nice. Down in Oceanside. Yeah. His but, shop is really cool.
0: Yeah. He's someone I want to get on this uh, podcast. Yeah. In the next yeah, he'd be great. couple episodes or so. So if you're listening yeah. to Basil, I want to reach out. Um, yeah. Well, that's awesome. <laughs> that's awesome. You definitely hit a lot of the cool parts of California. I mean, a lot of parts I'm familiar with as well, being from Ventura County, uh, like Santa Monica, Calabasas, Los Osos, um, going up and down up to Portland, Oregon, and Astoria, as we talked about earlier. So what what was your dad doing, or what was your family doing for, for work that allowed you guys to travel up and down and hit all those cool areas?
1: Yeah, so my dad did two things. Like, Since he was, I think, 13, he was working in machine shops. So for part of my childhood, he was uh, he was like running machine shops. So they were making like parts for like dentist applications all the way to like space shuttle pieces, like just any type of that type of machining. Um, so he ran machines and then eventually ran like the floors on machine shops. So he did that. And then later he did uh, ministry and like kind of uh, life coaching and stuff like that. So he moved around doing that as well, like different opportunities up and down the coast. Awesome. That's Yeah.
0: That's incredible. And what a good, uh, what a good geographic location to be involved with that and and be able to take you guys to those amazing areas.
1: Yeah. They're definitely, I mean, I'm biased. I've traveled most of the states of the U.S. doing uh, my former photography job and always coming back to like Central Coast. I mean, pretty much anywhere between Santa Barbara and Monterey is really special. Yeah. Uh, it's just like it's just a crazy zone but San Luis Obispo and in, in particular is just incredible especially right now like you fly in and it's just it's still a small town but it's just it's so nice and it's just incredible natural beauty and yeah super lucky right here yeah
0: beautiful area and I I, I can't agree more about um that area just south of Monterey Big Sur down to uh, yeah Morro Bay Cayucas down to Ventura is just like my yeah. favorite stretch of drive and living in Santa Cruz and my family's still down in LA doing that drive every couple of months. It's like, so it's so epic. It's just so inspiring.
1: Yeah. It's super nice. Yeah. yeah. And we got, yeah, but I, am not, da. I'm not into LA proper though. <laughs> like, nah. That's why I was like in Santa Monica's like the farthest South I can go. And then I'm like, get me yeah. home. <laughs> it's just always going totally. north.
0: <laughs> yeah. Once you dive South of like Thousand Oaks area, it's just, it's, that's when it gets just gnarly. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we were in like Agora Hills too. Okay. Which is like right, right uh, in between Thousand Oaks and Calabasas, I guess. I mean, yeah. Our address was technically Calabasas, but this tiny little zone, like where Los Virginas Road connects like over the canyon to like Malibu. Yeah. Market and everything. Yeah. Yeah. It's a super cool little zone. Yeah. Well, we can. Little zones.
0: Definitely got to talk more about Yeah. I, I pretty much grew up down there uh, driving Canaan a ton. I grew up in new oh yeah so yeah i was right there were you,
1: were you riding uh bikes too since you you were working at dais
0: no no i never really got no. into full-on bikes but um all those roads like uh decker canyon los Virginia, yeah, yeah canaan maholan just so good for yeah just driving and cruising around but obviously way better on a bike so that's funny
1: more dangerous but a lot of fun and we lived right by there that's when i had like that's when i had the ducati and had the Oh, it cool. Was, I had to get rid of it. Yeah. Yeah. It was just, <laughs> it wasn't going to be good living yeah. right by Mulholland.
0: <laughs> we could talk for hours about that. That's that's pretty awesome. And I'm sure we will. Um, maybe not in this episode, but I want to yeah. I want to pick <laughs> your brain camera. more. Yeah, off camera. <laughs> so uh, you guys end up settling uh, in like Los Osos. We'll call it San Luis Obispo area, just for simplicity's yeah. sake. And at this point, this is kind of before your, your current build, um, the Tacoma, which we'll talk about. And before that thing all started, was your main job uh, photography? And if so, like what kind of uh, segment of photography were you, were you doing at the time?
1: Yeah, so I did two main jobs beforehand. I did sales, uh, retail sales when I was in Santa Barbara. I was an assistant manager at Nordstrom's for the women's shoe department. <laughs> so I did, <laughs> so I did cool. women's shoe sales. Yeah, well, not super cool, but it was fun. <laughs> yeah, it was fun working. I lo- I love sales and interacting yeah. with people and stuff. And then um, <clears throat> the from that I went into photography, um, like commercially. Before I was just doing photography on the side, like for the last few years, like doing um, portraits and little freelance jobs and stuff. But I landed a job doing hotel photography. So as a contractor, I worked with this company that did um, would get massive contracts to shoot. Uh, whole hotel brands like all over the U S so they might be reshooting because they had a remodel or they might be reshooting shooting marketing because it's a new hotel. So anything from like the crappiest hotels, like uh days in or like in downtown LA or something like a place you'd never want to go to like really nice hotels, like intercontinental on the beach, like in Miami, Florida or wherever. So that's what I did um, before I started. This was travel, to those places. So like I just get an email with like a certain number of hotels and then flights and then just fly out and go like literally stay at the hotels and shoot the interiors and exteriors and then go to the next one. And, um, that was kind of like my job before any of this all started.
0: Dang. That's pretty, that's pretty interesting. Was that for like Yelp photos or like for, um, like their website or like,
1: yep. For their website, for their brand. So like, you know, if you go on any, They have, like, standardized branding photos. That's what those were for. Okay. like, it depends on how the owners used them and stuff, but each hotel has to have its kind of, like, brand standards to meet, like, the brand standards. So it'd be, like, photos of the lobby, photos of the exterior, photos of, like, each type of guest room, like, booking photos. and, And then sometimes it was marketing, like, photos that were used outside of that, but a lot of it was just, like, the booking photos and stuff
0: nuts yeah
1: interesting yeah. interesting yeah is it weird? is it like a very unique that's one thing about yeah, photography there's niche. so many yeah you, yeah you could get into so many different things so my brother did it too and uh he ended up working for some huge brands and like spent like a month in china shooting hotels and yeah, yeah it was very it's very interesting like very just it was like a unique job it was it was cool at the time but it was too much travel as we yeah. started having kids and stuff so it was gone too much
0: when i um I briefly lived in Australia for like two years and I worked for a mm-hmm. PR company and okay. they would do something similar, but they would fly out like journalists to these hotels to like write about them, uh, um, kind of cool. similar with photography. And I was like, that's like so cool. You get to go to like Africa, like Madagascar or something, yeah. and, uh, you know, write these or Mauritius. Uh, those are the ones that the company I was working for were like doing. And uh, yeah, definitely some cool opportunities out there. That, that's awesome.
1: Yeah. That's super cool. That sounds that sounds a little more luxurious than what I was doing. That. Yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> Definitely not as not as grindy.
1: Maybe we'll um, transition to that. Yeah,
0: not as so, grindy. So um let's talk about so that's that's kind of what you're doing. You're flying around these hotels, taking photos, you got your kind of gig going. It's it's going well. You're starting to build out your family, which is amazing. Um and at this point, you know, what was your kind of experience with camping or rigs, um, like, up to this point where, when maybe you're thinking about doing the Tacoma build?
1: Yeah, so, I mean, I've always been into autom- everything automotive, everything mechanical, and I hadn't yet to have, like, a pickup truck, a four-wheel drive pickup truck of my own. I never had, actually, I don't think I ever had a pickup either. Um, been around, like, a lot of sports cars and just never had a four-wheel drive just based on where we lived. As a kid, we had like a four-wheel drive Suburban. We had a a Zuzu Trooper and we lived on a farm that was tractors. And so I was like always into that monster trucks and everything, but I just never like when I was old enough to get a car, we were just in urban areas for the most part. And like, I didn't have a truck. Um, So I actually had um, a Porsche Cayenne and Turbo and then a, a lowered BMW 335D and um, I had that Ducati and stuff, so I was very street, <laughs> street yeah. cars, um, <laughs> different, different yeah, Calabasas style. And, Absolutely. uh, yeah. and so when we moved to Los Sosos, I, I was like, okay, well, Los Sosos for anyone who doesn't know it's on central coast and it's this tiny little, still a tiny little coastal town and there's a lot of dirt roads. And, uh, and then all the parking lots for the beaches are dirt and all that kind of stuff. So it just doesn't make sense to have a lowered Beamer as like a car. And so it was perfect timing to get like a truck. And do something like that. So I was like, okay, well, will sell the Beamer and start looking for uh, a pickup truck. I've always wanted to have a pickup truck or have like a project truck. And um, and it was just like good timing. So I sold the Beamer and started looking for trucks that had four doors that were four-wheel drive that uh, weren't like gigantic. I didn't want to have like a long bed F-250 at the time, you know. I was like... Wanting something yeah. that I could take off road and also wouldn't just be hard to be like daily driver cause it had to be a daily driver too. So yeah, yes. found that one on Craigslist. Didn't really actually know much about them specifically. Like I was obviously aware of them and they were one of my favorite looking trucks, um, but didn't really know, wasn't really into like Toyotas. Um, mm-hmm. like some people are. So yeah, just ended up skateboarding over there and buying that. Um, nice. and then it started. Yeah.
0: I can only imagine the neighbors. Cool. When the guys from la move in with a porsche cayenne a yeah beamer and a ducati sportster
1: or ducati yeah. monster <laughs> yeah they're like oh my god we dude. fit the we fit the, <laughs> the la calabasas vibe at the at the time we moved in there for sure yeah. everything was all black everything
0: oh oh so, my gosh bad. that's awesome that it's it you know you guys adapted to the environment you're in and you're able yeah. to secure that truck which is pretty sweet yeah and uh You wanted the four door because you had the the family that was growing, right? You wanted to Mm -hmm. have a little. Yeah, we already had
1: one. Yeah, we already had one kid, so we have three now total. But um, and just being in part of a a big family, like it's just not. I didn't want to have a vehicle that just didn't work. Like Mm -hmm. sometimes, like I didn't want to be out and about and be like, "Oh, can you pick someone up or can you do this?" And be like, "No, I'm in the truck. I can't." Yeah. So like, it had to be like utility version and be you know just as useful just around town as it would be for trips because it was the main focus of it was just to get another vehicle um that i could use to get off grid and go do stuff but the main focus was i need another vehicle <laughs> It just makes yeah. more sense for us you know no totally yeah.
0: totally so at this point were you guys like into camping as at all or or like kind of you know what was your outlook on like rigs or camping at the time
1: yeah, so I actually didn't do a ton of camping as a kid, but we went on some camp trips, and they were, like, really impactful. Um, like, we all remember going to Yellowstone, and, and that was one of our camp trips we did. Um, and then besides, like, particularly, like, going camping, we, we did it as a family. We loved it. We didn't do it. We weren't, like, one of those families that was, like, out every weekend camping or anything. But growing up, living on a farm, um homeschooling like doing nature walks doing we were super just outdoors like focused not like my parents weren't doing backpacking trips like some kids parents do but we were just we were just playing outdoors like we skateboarded we rode dirt bikes we uh played in the creek we drove the tractor we uh mountain bike anything outdoors like we were doing that's what we were doing i ran I did like uh, track and field a little bit. I did tennis. I did basketball. I did mountain biking, skateboarding, like all those things. So we were just outdoors all the time. And um, the outdoors has always been like a big focus for me. So that more of just like the ability to get outdoors was more like why I wanted the truck in the beginning. It wasn't like I'm going to go do all these camp trips. It was just like the vehicle side with the outdoor side. I was like, this is, this makes sense. I can have my mountain bike, I got my dirt bike, I could go explore cool places
0: yeah totally
1: yeah. no that definitely makes sense so I don't know if that answers you had a pretty direct uh, question and a really yeah. indirect <laughs> answer just, just kinda,
0: your outlook on it all yeah we, yeah we're getting there we're getting there um, <laughs> that's wonderful so I guess what I'm trying to make the transition from like I have the Tacoma I have the truck I'm living up here in uh San Luis Obispo mm-hmm. area I'm trying to connect that dot with like the with the rig you built so like what was maybe your inspiration what was kind of the motivation and how did you start because um obviously that rigs got a ton of attention so it, it looks like you know what you were doing it looks like you grew up around rigs and uh, i just kind of want to i'm trying to yeah <laughs> no. trying to bring yeah, try, you like what does something doesn't make sense <laughs> yeah i'm like what um
1: yeah. <laughs> yeah so i know i i feel like hopefully I'm, i know I've, i'm i'm kind of da- like these really long wandering answers and it's all good it's hard for me to explain because i feel like it all plays into in plays into like where i am now because i did sales i talked mm-hmm. to a ton of people i talked to a ton of people nowadays like and interact with people online and offline um i did the travel portion of photography like with that job i had to learn like how to do logistics and be comfortable going new places and also loved getting out to new places mm-hmm. and um That's part of it. And then the photography part was a huge, was a huge motivation for the truck as well, just because I would, was doing hotel photography, but my passion was like, if I, if someone came up to me and was like, what would you want to do for your dream job? It'd be like outdoor brand shoots, like maybe shooting for Patagonia, like on location somewhere cool or like shooting, um, you know, something like bench made knives like being used like on a hunt or something like that that's what yeah that's what like i wanted to do but i had zero of that in my portfolio so i was like oh well i could use my truck as an excuse to like get out and start building like a portfolio around that so in the very beginning when i started my instagram i started the truck as well and just used it to get out to cool places to kind of start shooting like lifestyle outdoor photos so that was like kind of one motivation for moving that way. And then as far as like the aesthetics of the trucks or thinking like I knew what I was doing with the truck, it really didn't. I just grew up, you know, around um, industrial uh, work trucks were a big inspiration. Like growing up in Oregon, there's a lot of logging trucks and uh, work trucks. And I've always loved like that aesthetic of Kind of like builds that are purpose built. Like there's nothing on there because it's like flashy and cool. Like they're not going to pay for it. <laughs> mm-hmm, totally. <laughs> the trucks are just like bare minimum. What works, what has to be on there, the way the lights, there's one light. It not, has, doesn't have to be two lights that are like aesthetic across or whatever. It's just, it's got this interesting aesthetic of like just pure functionality. And that ends up being like a really beautiful, simple aesthetic. I think if you can get it right. And so those are big inspirations for me. So like, and also like UN vehicles, I've, I don't know why, but like UN vehicles are the same thing. You know, they're like, they're cool looking cause they're like kind of military, but they're basic and they're clean and they're like, but they also have to be, you know, capable off road or for yeah, however they use it so, Exactly. So those, those things were like in my mind when I, when I started, when I got my truck, I was, it wasn't the first time I'd like changed little aesthetic things, um, on a vehicle, and I was like, oh, I, you know, with the Porsche I got for super cheap, I like used black vinyl to black out all the chrome. I got wheels off of a new um Cayenne that were on Craigslist and I had them powder coated black. And then I like did just a couple aesthetic changes and made a huge change of it visually. And I was like, oh, I, I did that with my motorcycle too, like mm-hmm. all black, uh you know, just pieced together, changing the aesthetics. I took the passenger rear set pegs off and put single sets on from a different bike and like just things I would just be like I want it to look this way and kind of figure out how it how it could work um so when I got the truck I already had like a simple aesthetic in mind like I know I want to have black wheels like simple steel wheels like a government vehicle or a forest vehicle or a UN vehicle um I wanted to have off-road tires that weren't like big mud trains but were like Kind of like on a UN vehicle, like a aggressive all-terrain, kind of narrow, kind of tall. And then, you know, black out any chrome and just kind of debadge And, like, I don't want flashy. I just want that, like, simple utilitarian look. Um, so that was immediately what I did. Like, I bought the truck. I started looking for a rear bumper. I found one on Craig's. This is just a tube. And then I found Steely's And I got all-terrain tires and a Snorkel, which at the time, in my mind, was more like, this is, like, A UN vehicle, like, just, like, tractor mode type of vehicle. and um, So that's, like, where the aesthetic started. Um, And that's just always been my personal aesthetic. And so it just started like that, and and then it just continued to keep going um, and build off on and off and off.
0: (laughs) Incredible. Yeah. Yeah, I get it. When I worked at uh, Deus, like, just seeing what you could do by deleting, like, an airbox on, like, a cafe racer, Um, and, and replacing the blinker lights with like thinner ones from like Japan Mm -hmm. and making that headlight big, you know, clean saddlebags, um, white wall, you know, wide tire. And yeah, like I I see now that you had the eye from all these, you know, you had the slam beamer, Mm -hmm. but that was an aesthetic. You had the Porsche, which I haven't seen, but, um, it's all that aesthetic and and just doing those few things, Mm -hmm. you were able to piece together these experiences through your life and be like, all right, I just need to do X, Y, and Z to kind of get it to where I want it to, to be started at. And then
1: I can keep going from there. But
0: um, yeah, I'm, try- I'm starting to connect the dots a little bit. So this is cool. This is super yeah, cool. Yeah, and
1: even even in the, like, to go even more in the woods, but even in, like, the photo world that I was in, like, with the hotel photography and stuff, a lot of it is, you know, you take an interior shot of, like, a bedroom or a big area, and you get it, you do, like, multiple exposures, and you're, you're putting it all together. But a huge part of it is actually, like, removing, like, a bunch of elements that are in there, like sprinklers in the ceiling and straightening any wrinkles and removing postage or, or you know, um, signage and all that kind of stuff. And doing that for years and seeing like how big of a change, like removing stuff can make it like also stuck in my head, you know, like, and of like how you can clean something up. It makes a huge visual impact, even though to the untrained eye, you would just see one and you'd see the other and you'd be like, dang, that one looks awesome. That one looks like, I don't know what, but I don't, Like it. It's like the actual removing stuff and paring stuff down, like, does a huge uh, visual impact change. And, like, I think that coupled with, you know, um, building Legos as a kid, where Legos are just a bunch of shapes, right? And, like, that's at the basics, that's what they're. They're shapes. And you have to have, like, an image in your mind that's a shape, but also, like, a mechanics of how it moves. And you're just brushing through piles of these plastic shapes, looking for shapes that, that go together to make the aesthetic that you're looking for. And so I think I had like a very strong sense of that already where I could like look at a truck or look at a project and be like, okay, this is what I need and not have to look at things that were pre-built or pre-established for like, oh, I could get this and this looks like that. It's like, no, I just need to look for the shapes. So like yeah, I could see that like at the hardware store, I could see it on junk on the side of the road or make it myself and and also see it like how it was affecting the truck. And so, I don't know. That's a long answer. But I feel like no. all those things came together to be like where I was and how it started. And like why from day one it like started looking the way it does now with like no experience fabricating or no background like having trucks or anything like that.
0: Yeah, that's, that's awesome. That's so cool to hear. And all right. So now we're at the truck. It's, it's pretty dialed. We got the snorkel, we got the rear <laughs> bumper, we got the steelies. Like we're happy with the truck. We're living in San Luis Obispo. Yeah. <laughs> uh, at what point do you say, you know what, I'm going to take the bed off and I'm just going to weld my own tray or my own camper. Uh, keeping in mind that, you know, you have uh, a wife and kids and a house and uh. Uh, all these other distractions and stuff going on in your life. At what point are you like, cause I feel like so many people are at that point where they have the truck. They have, you know, they have maybe the maybe the money, maybe not the money, whatever. Mm-hmm. But it's a big leap to be like I'm ripping off the truck bed. I'm just gonna go this completely different direction. You know, walk me through that process and, and kind of the first steps in building out the rig.
1: Yeah. So try and make this like more concise than all my other okay, answers. Yeah. But <laughs> um, the main motivation was I had that truck like you mentioned set up. I started doing projects on it. I started sharing it. And it was, like, what it was. I was using it um, at that point to go out locally and then also on trips. And it worked fine. I could sleep in the back with the camper shell. But it's a five-foot bed, so I had to sleep diagonal. Yeah. So it could just barely fit in there, you know? It's, like, bare minimum. And I started bringing my son, Christian, who at the time was, like, two years old. And he fit back there with me, but it was, like, very tight. We did some trips. And then eventually we did one trip as he was getting bigger where i was super claustrophobic and i was just like this doesn't work anymore like i can't take him on trips and stay in the the truck together i mean obviously we could have a tent or something but just everything else in life you know being super busy and i never i'm just not like a big planner and the trips like i want to do are usually like oh do you want to go like somewhere cool like tomorrow or this weekend and like it's like the wrong weather. We don't have a campsite. We're just, I just want to be able to go, show up somewhere at any time and have like somewhere to sleep. And the back of the truck was kind of like that. Like I, I didn't care where I was. Like I, could, I knew I was going to be dry and like safe inside there. But eventually we did a trip where it was just, I was like, this doesn't work anymore. So I was like, I don't know what I'm going to do. Like I'm, I love this truck. It's super fun. And like, and it definitely didn't have any money at the time and didn't want to get rid of it. <clears throat> and Um, already Instagram was starting to roll a little bit. I think I had like a couple thousand followers or something like that. Um, and I started looking at like other options, like for, I think, I I think it was around that time that I actually saw Four-World Drive 24-7, which is Mm -hmm. an Australian off-road YouTube show. And they had a lot of like canopy kind of trucks. Yeah. And then I also came across like, um, Maltech trucks which are like basically they look i mean to say my truck looks like one of theirs is kind of an insult to their trucks because they're <laughs> incredible <laughs> but they're like they're like chopped trucks with you know built-in like carbon fiber structure very similar and just the idea of like being able to make more space and keep the same platform was like my motivation in the beginning like could i if I did a project like this, like, would it be useful in the end? Like, would it be what I want it to be? And, and, uh, for me, I was just like, well, it just sounds like too good of a project to not try it. <laughs> like, nice. I just want to just try it. I just want to keep going. You know, like I, yeah. I love the track. I love how it works. I don't want to get rid of it. And like, I think I could do this. So I really want to try it. So I just kind of went for it. Amazing. <laughs> so that the amazing. answer is, I don't know. I just went for it. Just went for it. <laughs> I'm loving it. <laughs> it's like that background, like I mentioned, I built Legos. I also built our bed frame, I built our kitchen table, I built our coffee table, I built our cabinet organizers. Like goes into that kind of like yeah. having an aesthetic, having like a DIY-like attitude, like liking building stuff, loving projects. I just like, if there is something that we needed to buy that we couldn't afford, like a new table or like a, I'd be like, well, I can just make one. Yeah. And that was just, I just, and not that it's like, oh, only to save money. It's just like, I enjoy making stuff. I enjoyed the design of it. So moving from those type of projects and having like a car, I was just working on the car and that, that's where like my project outlet, building outlet moved to.
0: And were you able to, uh, still work as a photographer for the hotels to kind of fund this project or at that point, did you stop working as a photographer?
1: I stopped working like for I did jobs here and there but
0: okay.
1: um my focus shifted to being watching our kids Christian more and then eventually our daughter and my wife started doing um, real estate. We had like a year and a half transition where neither of us worked like anything uh super steady. And that was part okay. of it too, is like I really need to like figure out something. And I was yeah. like, well if I'm gonna do photography it's gonna be something that I'm more in a vein, like I have a passion for, um, and that made more sense for us. I couldn't be gone all the time. So yeah, that was yeah. like when I mentioned like wanting to build out a portfolio of like images that were relevant to jobs, I wanted to get. Mm-hmm. So, yeah.
0: so we won't go, uh, into your build a whole lot because it's very well documented on your Instagram page. And, um, oh. I'm more curious about, um, kind of just the first steps of that build. And obviously, if, if people are listening, they want more information on the build. Uh, the mm-hmm. Instagram has a has a great, great resources that document it. So we don't need to go over step by step how it all came to be. Um, but what was that first trip like to the hardware store? You know, getting aluminum, getting a welder. You were just saying like, <laughs> I'm just going to go for it.
1: Yeah. So let's see. I got the welder. I won the welder on an Instagram giveaway. <laughs> yeah. I went a welder, and it, I really wanted a welder, like, after be. I got the truck. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> after I got the truck, you know, like, moving from working with wood, like, in the house, it's like, well, if you want to work on a truck or something automotive, it's like, you kind of need to work with metal. Totally. And uh, so I was like, I, love, I would love to be able to weld, but the whole setup for welding is a little, uh, it's a little expensive on startup, especially if you're on, like, a budget like we were. <laughs> so we were just waiting and waiting, and eventually I was like, I'm just going to do it and, like, just take the hit you know and yeah. but i entered a giveaway and i won a welder from Forney which <clears> was amazing so got the welder first project i did with that was the rock sliders and then the bumper and this was before i started the flatbed like it was i think i got that like 9 months before i started the flatbed but so i already had the welder the first thing i did for the flatbed was pull the truck bed off <laughs> and just be like I can't believe
0: you won the welder
1: <laughs> yeah you didn't know that that's the
0: right person yeah. No, that's hilarious.
1: Yeah, it was the, the start of a lot of things because it, oh, yeah. uh, it let me just start making stuff. So
0: That's incredible.
1: But yeah, so, I guess the part we kind of breezed over was I got the welder like one year after I got the truck and I had done everything I could without a welder and then I got a welder and I had that for about nine months. And during that nine months, I built rock sliders, I built a rear three rear bumpers and I built like five roof racks that ended up selling like four of them so I had started working with metal at that point okay um, And did you have so, a good
0: spot to do this on your property
1: no not really I had a carport okay. yeah <laughs> okay I had a carport so it had it had no enclosed space it was just a roof yeah and I eventually enclosed it on three sides and made like it, a, my own like barn door sliding door for stuff and that it, became like where I built the weapon. Was, was this like an apartment complex or like a house? It's a funky house, like okay. a funky house that used to be like a design project for a Cal Poly architecture thing. So it's just like a weird, you know how California houses have like just weird additions. This was like a, yeah. a garage that they ended up building a unit above. Okay. That or like a carport that they built a unit above and they never enclosed it and it was just it's just funky non-standard
0: house. Yeah, I, was, I plugged
1: my welder into the washing machine, the dryer outlet. Okay.
0: Yeah. I, I was envisioning you like doing this, like in an apartment complex and I was going to be like, Oh my gosh, this is getting like no. out of hand. Um, <laughs> no. but that's, that's, that's absolutely incredible. So at what point, um, did kind of the Instagram start taking over and you kind of maybe realize like, all right, there actually might be something here than just like taking photos and getting like getting comments. Uh, I checked the other day, you had 196,000, which is like absolutely uh, astounding.
1: <laughs> it was just a number it's online, It's is so funny, right? It's like anyone's, yeah. like if you had the ability to just change it, you'd be like, what's going on with that person there? Yeah. You know, it's just a number on the page, but yeah, I guess well, it means, represents you know, like... Okay.
0: Almost 200,000 people are interested in what you're doing. So obviously through the photography, through the rig, through the timing, through the... Uh, medium of instagram like you've collected Mm -hmm. a lot of people that are interested in what you're doing which i would say is way above the average for our industry um Mm. so kind of at what point did it start pivoting from like oh i'm just gonna go like tinker and kind of be like okay i'm actually getting like a lot of people following people are interested in this maybe i should like start investing in camera equipment or kind of start Uh, making this a thing
1: i guess um i don't know if there was really a There's like two points, maybe like one point where like, I guess in the beginning, you know, I had, it's just all those things come together, I guess, because I was already a photographer. So I was already taking images that were being used like commercially. Um, And so I had all that equipment. So very early on, actually, some of my like projects were in some magazine, like art, (laughs) and I wrote up some magazine articles, some like DIY projects. And um, I got spotted for some of that stuff, like in the beginning kind of early and um i also started a youtube channel at the same time um that started growing and i think it was just like the feeling of like people started following from the beginning it wasn't like explosive but it just had traction like even though i had only a couple thousand followers i had a, a magazine article come out and then i got a magazine cover with my own photo that i took. Um, and then it just kind of, I don't know, like how it, it just kind of started building like that. Yeah. Um, and I guess because in the beginning, you know, and I have always done, like, I've always worked for myself or I've not always, but I've done a lot of like entrepreneurial stuff. I just had that optimistic sense of like, I'm. I don't know what I'm doing. Like, I don't know how, this, if, if this will pan out to be like a life, like a living, you know, like how I'm going to make a living doing this mm-hmm. changed like multiple times, like, Oh, I, I think it's going to work like where I'm going to start shooting for like outdoor brands yeah. or like, Oh, maybe like, maybe I'll be making money on YouTube or maybe like, you know, maybe I'll end up working sales for a company that sells off-road parts or something like there were different times where it just, I didn't know what I was chasing. I just knew that like what I was doing was was kind of working and I really enjoyed it and it was exactly like the things I wanted to do and people were getting behind it and I just didn't know you know how that was going to pan out until yeah but it just kept like things kept progressing like um, especially after I started the flatbed thing the flatbed thing kind of got really popular and then that grew my page a lot and then Instagram reels rolled out and uh, I was an early adopter of those and like had a few viral ones of those and that took my page from like 20,000 to like 50,000 like pretty quickly and I w- took the truck at that time you know I was also building the truck and like finished the canopy and like the truck went to was in the Dometic booth nice. and at that point I was kind of like I actually met with some other bigger YouTubers out there like um Mike Pfeiffer from Last Line of Defense um I don't know if you know his channel but he's got about a half a million subscribers on youtube okay in the overlanding outdoor space and i actually shared airbnb with him and like had this conversation like i you know i like have a bunch of instagram followers now like is like is there a way like for this to work like is this can i make a living doing this and i was kind of like at the point where i hadn't made any money but i had made like cool connections and like Mm -hmm. there'd be a magazine article or like a magazine cover i'm like do I keep doing this or like, do I need to just get a regular job? Cause we also <laughs> really needed money and stuff, but I just kind of kept going. And like, it just eventually just, I just kept pursuing it and, and keep, you know, going after the things I wanted to do, which was just the projects and getting outside and the taking photos. Cause I love it. And, um, yeah, it was just like this last year and a half that it turned into like kind of full time. Wow. Just, snowball. That's,
0: that's awesome. Yeah. It's a lot of just. <laughs> there's a lot of dots that you can't really connect. Yeah. But the the, dot, the dots are there and you're like, how am I going to like connect all these dots together? Cause I have like the Instagram here with like, you know, a couple thousand followers. I got the YouTube over here. I had a few magazine articles. I'm like doing these events, but like mm-hmm. I need to like wrangle up all these dots and just like connect them all. And that's, yeah. that's when I'll make it happen. And, um, I totally can see, you know, you got the momentum. You had all the signs that said, keep going, but you didn't have the most obvious sign, which was like a paycheck coming in.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And then eventually I did get that paycheck coming in and it's like, okay. Like then like looking back, you're just kind of like, that's why I feel like I have to be honest, like telling you, like, I really don't, it, I don't feel like I, I wish I could be like, yeah, I did this, this and this, and now I'm here and now this is how, like what I do for a living. It was really just like, uh, I feel like God, you know, in working in my life, just kind of pushing me towards like the things I wanted to do. and. um and providing like a way for me to make a living basically doing my absolute dream job, which didn't really exist when I started, you know, which is now
0: yeah.
1: going out with my family, doing projects, doing whatever things, like pursuing the things I love doing, you know, like Amazing. fitness, yeah. outdoors, building cars. Like <laughs> it's just like, it's the, the dream. Yeah. But I wish yeah. I had like a more clear path for you. just, um, oh, that's, you know, that's once I got, is... yeah, it's pretty I sense. Stumbled. So,
0: uh, before we get into kind of what's on the horizon, just a snapshot yeah. of, of, of today, how are you um, like making a living? Is it through YouTube? Is it through clothing? Is it through photo shoots? Like, or is it through commissioning for projects? How did mm-hmm. you kind of string this together in, into a living today?
1: Yeah, so right now it's brand ambassadorships, it's probably about 50% brand ambassadorships and then 50% paid like content creation and then there's just other random things along that with like uh, having the truck at different events or being paid to like bring it somewhere or display it that kind of stuff that's like a small part of it too but um, and then there's YouTube as well so like traditional you know YouTube ad integrations and um, it's like a mixture of all those things but yeah, brand ambassador contracts, paid like content creation, like project-based, you know, maybe it's one Instagram reel for a company or maybe it's like six or seven or um, this last year, I've done um, quite a few video projects for Amazon. Um, oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. So that's been like a client cool. that like aligns with me really well. I know some people hate Amazon, uh, but I have got so many parts from Amazon for my camper. Yeah build and stuff. So it's perfect. And like, for me, it's like, I'm the way I work with them is like, I'll do like a, a, Instagram reel on like a specific project that I've already done and used a product and then drive and be like, you know, go check out the product in my Amazon store. So it's really just like normal content that I would create only instead of people DMing me and be like, send me the link. I'm just like, check the link in my bio <laughs> yeah, so yeah, totally. I don't have to send it to you. So like, wow. um, that's, that's one, that's one way to do it. And, um, yeah. Incredible. That's kind of my split right now.
0: Yeah, I dig it. I mean, that's, that's, that's absolutely awesome. So, uh, real quick, what does the future have in store? What does the future look like for you, uh, in terms of projects or ambitions or just, just kind of curious, you know, what what do you
1: got on the horizon? Yeah, I think, you know, more of the same, it's more, you know, even though like, you know, some people might think like, Oh, he's, arrived like he's made it like he's making money he's doing what he wants like there's still that sense of like i don't know where it'll go in the future like as far as what direction it'll take and I'm, I'm confident it'll keep going but you know i'm open to like where it goes and um as far as like projects and stuff i actually just bought a truck today uh at an insurance auction <laughs> no way <laughs> yeah so if you I just said got Co-Park, a new project i would have
0: been like ding 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 it's uh, Copart.
1: Yeah, I bought it on Copart. Oh
0: my god.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Epic. What'd you get?
1: Um, I got a 2021... I haven't released this on Instagram because I just, okay. just got it, but that's fine. It, uh, I'm going to announce it anyways, but it's a 2021 Ford Ranger uh, Lariat with uh trimmer package. Whoa. And it has rear-end damage, so I'm going to do, do a flatbed build on it. And... Uh, I think I got the winning bid was eleven thousand seven hundred. Huh. Yeah. Four door. <laughs> Four door. Yeah.
0: Runs yeah. and drives
1: fine. Runs and drives as apparently we'll see when I pick it up. It's in Bakersfield. Wow,
0: I yeah. bought I bought a Copart membership once just to get in on the action, really? but yeah, totally. It's, yeah. it's like the. What did you uh, get? It's, It's like the king of kings for Craigslist and Facebook. You know, it's like the final boss is Copart. Final
1: boss Uh, mode. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) You have to be willing to take some risks. But my dad just got a Ranger a couple of months, a month ago, a 2019 with 19,000 miles for $13,000. And it's like rear end damage. So I fixed the frame in the back and yeah, it looks amazing. Bob's your uncle. Damn. Bob's your uncle. uncle. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah.
0: That's some Australian slang, <laughs> yeah. meaning uh, All yeah. is good.
1: No, I love that one. Uh, we use that when we're kids, but yeah. So that's yeah. one of my future projects is building that. Um, and I've been talking about doing another build, you know, for a long time. So I'm super excited to have that one and do another build where basically, like, I've had my truck and I've just continued to polish it out, like my thoughts and ideas and stuff. But I'm now at like rendition number three of a lot of the things, and I'm really excited to have like that as like a working model and be able to start fresh on the new one from day one knowing all the little details that are going to go into it because that was one of the hardest parts of building that track was having all these thoughts like i want to have to have a heater i wanted to have lights i want to have like usb ports i want to like be able to go off road and be have high clearance and like also be able to use it without the without the camper on as a flatbed and like it's got to be good around town and i want to have storage it's like so many things and you're what you're faced with is pulling the truck bed off and looking at empty space and being like, have all those thoughts in your mind and being like, dang, where do I place the first, where I place the first piece of metal. That's not going to ruin all those ideas, you know? So having that already together is going to be amazing. And I'm like super excited to start afresh with like all those ideas and like a working model, a physical model of being able to like reference. So that's like a big project. And then I've got trips and stuff for next year. And, um, just more cool like brand collaborations and um, yeah, I'm really excited.
0: Yeah, oh, super exciting. Any plans? Are you gonna keep the Tacoma or what's what's his? Oh yeah. You? Oh,
1: 100. I'll Not never sale. Yeah. I'll burn it before I sell it. <laughs> <laughs> I can't give it away. Yeah, no. It's I love too it. personal. It's too personal, and it's like too optimized. I just supercharged it and just put Ooh, in the exhaust nice. on it. I think eventually, like once I get this other truck going, I'm gonna just continue to just build that thing out to be like the ultimate version it can be, you know, kinda like let it have its uh day in the sun. Like it's (laughs) Yeah. Give it everything it deserves. Like I think I'm gonna get a standalone ECU and and fully tune the engine and like just wow make it kinda as badass as possible.
0: Damn well it's awesome and uh I'm excited to watch watch you progress through all your, you know, endeavors and I'm uh I'm should be confident that our whole audience is also cheering for you and, and can't wait to see what you got coming out next so <laughs>
1: thanks dude yeah I'm that's excited. awesome i appreciate it
0: yeah well um that kind of wraps up our conversation and that was super awesome just to hear all, all of you know your story where you came from where, where you're headed and, and the success you've had it's been super great so i want to thank you for making time to meet me on the show and i'm uh, yeah. looking forward to, to following along for the next year and whatever else is to come
1: Awesome. Well, I really appreciate the opportunity. I'm sorry if I rambled on and on and had some pretty unclear answers, but that's Not just how it's gone for me. And yeah. and uh, I gotta just share my all the details because I feel like it's all part of the soup as uh, as to how yeah. it came about. So yeah, thanks I for giving me the it. opportunity.
0: Yeah, and uh, maybe we'll do a round two here next year after the uh, the Rangers complete.
1: Yeah, we should check in sometime when I when uh, maybe halfway through. I might have some thoughts that I don't have once it's finished. It'd be interesting to <laughs> to look back yeah. on
0: would love that all right Micah thanks so much for joining us and uh we'll be staying tuned to whatever you got coming up next
1: awesome thank you have a good night all right thanks brother all right bye all
0: right guys that was episode 12 with our interview with Micah from Overland Under Budget of the Small Truck Campers podcast and I'm so stoked you were able to join me with that awesome conversation I hope you got some good takeaways I know I did it was so interesting to hear about all of his story uh yeah, his experiences next steps etc Please be following along to our Instagram, sign up for the newsletter, and uh, keep staying tuned. we got a lot of cool stuff coming down the pipeline, so thanks for joining me on this episode, and uh, looking forward to seeing you on the next episode. Until then, take care. Later.